Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I am your co-host, Mike Allen. As always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. And today we're going to be taking a look at some of the uh, origin stories for Spider-Man from the uh, the 90s cartoon and then the, what, 80s? 80s. Cartoon? 80s, 80s cartoon, 80s? Yeah. yes. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. That's right. The one I grew up with. And uh, as usual, we have G.I. Jolie returning. Oh, brother. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I was <laughs> muted. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> hi, Jolie. And uh, also, yeah, <laughs> also returning this week is Bex Luther. Hi. You were like, do you want to watch cartoons for me? And I was like, absolutely. I'm here. <laughs> Always. And uh, we have a very special guest this week. Uh, someone I've known going back all the way to high school, actually. Uh, Paul Butterworth. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us, Paul. Uh, you are currently residing in what city is it again? Oh, well, now I'm back in Windsor. Oh, you're back in Windsor. Okay. Yes. But you've but... lived many other cities throughout the past <clears throat> couple decades, right? Yeah. I, um, my wife and I moved back in 2017. Before that, I lived. I was living in Shanghai for four years. Mm-hmm. And then before that, I was in Trieste, Italy. And before I was in Trieste for four years. And before that, I was in uh, Suwon, South Korea for three years. Amazing, amazing. So, uh, I mean, now, we know each other from high school, but I think I got to know you better because you worked at Jumbo Video, right? That's Jumbo. right. Jumbo! Yeah. That's right, yeah, with Dan McDonald and a few other of our pals, Nicole DeHitri, and we used to come in, me and my friends like Vishal and guys like that, we'd come in at midnight, and or past midnight, and uh, there was free popcorn, right? You guys were one of yep. the first places that rented DVDs, I think? We were the first in the city. We were 24 hours. Uh, which is why you'd be able to come in after midnight. And we were the first one in the city to rent DVDs. I remember it was a big deal when we got them. Right. And you guys sold DVDs too, right? I believe. We did, and they were insanely expensive at the time. Yeah, like I remember, <laughs> I think uh, A Streetcar Named Desire was like $40 or something, or I don't remember. Jesus. But, yeah. Well, the first, the first one I bought was through work, and it was uh, in the line of fire. And it, I got a work discount on it, and it still ended up costing me like 50 bucks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. So now, uh, just so everyone knows, um, you uh, are you a comics reader? Um, I am. Well, I, I should say I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. Being overseas for as long as I was, it was really hard to keep up with. I like I like reading things physically. I don't like reading on a on a tablet or what have you. Right. So, um, being overseas, it was really really hard to keep up with stuff. Um, especially right. in China, because there's so much censorship as to what you can actually have. Right, right, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I used to, I used to read um, all the Batman stuff, Superman, and yeah, Spider-Man. Like, and as we're talking right now, I'm looking. I'm in my my man cave, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking up on my, one of my walls, and I can see like I've got an autographed reprint of Amazing Fantasy with you know from Stan Lee and I've got wow. John Romita stuff and st- you know stuff like that so I've been reading comic books for years yeah 
Nice, nice. Okay. <clears throat> now, but you are, you're probably bigger into movies, though, correct? Absolutely. I'm a big movie geek. And why don't you tell everybody about your podcast that you do? Yes. Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, group of friends and I, once a month, um, we get together. Used to be like in person, but obviously COVID kind of killed that. Um, and we'll get together and discuss uh, horror films. So the, po- the podcast is called Horror 101. Um, it can be found on horror101.ca. And we'll get together, we'll discuss... Um, well, last year we had, it was a theme of haunted films. So anything set with a, like a haunting setting. But we're getting back to where we used to discuss films that people might not have seen. So kind of lesser known horror films. Uh, we recorded last week, a week before, we did a movie from 1989 called Intruder. Okay. Which n- nobody has ever seen. It was um, <laughs> kind of the it was kind of the group that made Evil Dead. So right. Sam Raimi's in it. Ted Raimi's in it. Um, Bruce Campbell's got a cameo in it. So that's the kind of stuff we're focusing, going back to focus on again. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So we'll definitely put the uh, link for that in, uh, in the episode description. Now, so in the past, you know, few years, I've really only run into you a few times. We had a movie night at Fog that you came to once. Mm-hmm. G.I. Jolie and I have definitely run into a couple times at comic conventions, like uh, Fan Expo in Toronto mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yep. And mm-hmm. I completely forgot to mention this, but can you please share your Christopher Lloyd story with everybody? Oh, oh yes. my god. you got to yeah. tell us that story. <coughs> yeah, um, it's actually funny because I'm staring at my Back to the Future poster signed by him right here. <laughs> um, I don't remember what year it was, but... Um, we, my friend and I, we would, at the time we were staying at the Intercontinental, and I guess that's where he was staying. And so we were coming down from our room, and the hotels there at the time, you needed a key card. You needed to swipe your key card to go to the gym mm-hmm. or go to the bar. There's like a bar in the, somewhere in the middle, middle section of the hotel. So my friend and I are in the, ho- in the elevator. We're going down to the lobby he gets on and he stands at the door and he's pushing for the uh, to go down to the either the bar or the gym I can't remember which one it was and nothing's happening the buzz not lighting up he's just pressing it and pressing it so my my buddy leans over and he says oh you just have to swipe your key card and knowing I mean we knew who he was but we don't want to be those people like oh my right, god right. we're in the elevator with Christopher right. you know, Christopher Lloyd yeah. so uh but we were obviously decked out because we were going back over to the con. So my buddy had, um, he was actually carrying a comic book, uh, the cardboard case, you know, where you carry all the comic books in. Sure. And I had like a poster tube or whatever on me. <clears throat> so, yeah, my buddy leans over and says, you, oh, you need to press, you need to put your key up there, press the button, and it'll bring you down to where you need to go. And he looks at us and he looks down at the keypad again, he looks at us and he goes, I don't need a bunch of, part of my language, I don't need a bunch of fucking geeks tell me how to use an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah Doc and I was just like wow so I look at my buddy and I'm just like it, it, I'm not saying this to him I'm just saying this in general with him there I'm just like but it's us fucking geeks that are paying for you to be here like right. get over yourself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know fucking Fester Adams like get over yourself <laughs> <laughs> and also you did just need to tell him how to use uh, the yeah, wow. well, There's that too, right? Like, you know, he could have just been this doddering old man who sat in the elevator until he figured it out. But no, we were trying to be nice, so. 
Jeez. Excuse you. Wow. Yeah. So what was his reaction? What, when I said that? (laughs) Yeah. He just kind of huffed and puffed and then just stood in the the corner of the elevator. Oh boy, that was an awkward (laughs) elevator ride. eh? (laughs) Well, it's just like, yeah, it's like, so this is like, this is an awkward story, but it's like, well, now I've got this story to live on for the rest of my life. Like I can tell it anywhere. Somebody asked me my worst experience with a celebrity. Like that has to be one of them for sure. Right. Mm. Oh, that's uh, that's too bad, eh? Never meet your yeah. heroes, right, Becca? Anyway. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Okay, so um, now we're gonna talk about <clears throat> Spider-Man and his amazing friends. This is a cartoon that I've talked about many times. I grew up with. I love it. Paul, did you see the show when you were a kid? Not this particular episode, but the series. Um, I did. I don't remember too much of it. I, the one that I watched most of all was the one that everybody remembers, you know, with the theme song and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I definitely watched this one growing up. Awesome. So yeah, so today we're going to compare the depiction of Spider-Man's origin from the, in, in the 80s show, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, as well as the, and we're going to compare it to the 90s show. And so I'm just going to quickly summarize what happens in the episode from the 80s. It's season, or it's it's called episode 15 or season 2, episode 2, depending on where you look it up. And the title of the episode is Along Came Spidey. <clears throat> and basically what happens is, is the shocker escapes from prison. And then he uh, tries to... Is it rob a... No, he's not robbing a bank. He is... Uh, I don't even know what he's trying to do. I think Cry. he steals diamonds, right? Oh, a jewelry, a jewelry store. A jewelry, jewelry store, store. right. And through the course of this, um, Spider-Man and Firestar and Iceman try to intervene. What ends up happening is, is the Shocker, actually, uh, he, he breaks like a part of like the ceiling and a piece of the debris falls down and hits Aunt May, which hospitalizes Aunt May. And so Peter Parker feels really guilty. And so he goes up on a roof with uh, Firestar and, and Iceman and basically tells him that he's ready to give up being Spider-Man because he feels responsible for what happened to Aunt May, blah, blah, blah. So this gives him an opportunity to explain to the spider friends how he became Spider-Man. And so we flash back to, you know, his high school days as Peter Parker, and we get a a rough adaptation of what happens in the comics where we see Peter Parker is, you know, he's a nerd, he's a science nerd, he gets bullied by Flash Thompson, he's asking girls out to the prom, they're turning him down, but he gets along, you know, his, his uncle and aunt are really loving and blah blah blah, just like in the comics. He gets bitten by the spider, gets his spider powers, and then we get the classic scene of him uh, going into the wrestling match with Crusher Hogan. It's exactly like the comics, you know. He has the opportunity very soon after to stop a robber or a thief or whatever you want to call him from uh, robbing someone. It's exactly like the comics. He has the opportunity to trip the guy, but he doesn't. And he's like, hey, I'm only going to worry about number one. That means me from now on, right? And so then Peter Parker goes home, he realizes, uh, he, he discovers that Uncle Ben has been shot and killed, which they do, they don't say it, but you read between the lines because it's the kid's show, but that is what's implied. Mm-hmm. And then he, you know, tracks the, the killer down to a warehouse and um, webs him up. And then basically we flash back to the present and the spider friends convince Spider-Man he's got to keep being Spider-Man, so he does. So they go and they take down the melter and that's pretty much the end of the episode. And so, Paul, you are used to being on a podcast, so we can start out with your reaction. What was your reaction to this adaptation of Spider-Man's origin? Um, well, I, first thing, I love the animation stuff back from, from that time. Right. Um, especially, I know, kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but 
especially in comparison to like the 90s style where they're trying to ele- uh, put the element of the CGI into there. Right. Um, I definitely love the way it looks. I like that um, Spider-Man, even though he wasn't quite called Spider-Man at that point, when he has the chance to stop the, uh, the robber, he's more aggressive mm-hmm. about it than he is in the 90s version. Right. Like in the 90s version, he actually says, I'm looking out for me. Whereas in the, or sorry, in the 80s version, he says, I'm looking out for me, where in the 90s version, right. is a little more just blasé about the whole thing that's happening. Right. Um, obviously, there's a little, you have to, like you were saying, you have to read a little more into the lines, between the lines about what happens to Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think on the whole, like, I, I enjoyed the 80s version a little more, maybe because I have more memories of watching that one than the 90s version. Sure. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, no, I did. I, I definitely liked the 80s version. Interesting. So would this entice you to want to go back and re- watch more episodes of this series? Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to get my son into watching it, actually. Um, Excellent. He doesn't quite have the uh, attention span yet to watch a whole like half an hour episode yet. But right. um, he loves the, the Spider-Man shorts that are also on Disney+. Plus. So we're trying Great. to get him into that. Very cool. So Bex Luther, I don't remember. Have you reviewed the 80s Spider-Man cartoon with us before? I don't know if I've reviewed it. I've definitely watched it before. Um, okay. Just because I can't remember what it was, but it might have been Teletoon or whatever when I was really, really young. And they used to play all of those like older Marvel animated, like the, uh, the Fantastic Four one, the Iron Man one, all that stuff. So I've seen mm-hmm. it before, but it has been a long time. <laughs> and so watching, watching it back as an adult, I'm definitely... I don't have the nostalgia for this one as much as I do for the 90s one. So I'm sitting in my room watching it kind of laughing to myself. And I just, I want to share with you some of the notes that I made. Which just include, include who gave Shocker the tech so he could bust out of jail. That's a cute dog. Iceman is an idiot. And then there's, (laughs) there's kind of a couple, like just some blanks. So I'm just like, I don't even remember writing half this stuff down. And I'm just saying, why does Shocker break a uh, water pipe in front of Iceman? That's stupid. Um, <laughs> and then two incredibly power su- powerful superheroes fix the street instead of flying off after the bad guy. I like Shocker's voice. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I forgot Uncle Ben's gonna die again. And then Flash is an alpha male. So I don't know where I am in the episode at this point. <laughs> but all our, Flash was definitely an alpha male. There's like a great scene where he just like slaps the books right out of Peter's hands, like tri- mm. just traditional bully style. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the comics, though, right? Like they, I think they got it pretty accurate from Amazing Fantasy 15. Yeah, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I ended the episode with saying, "Wow, Shocker really messes up that hospital." And what a sexist. And then I'm like, I just realized that Iceman is voiced by Freddy from Scooby-Doo. That's right. (laughs) And then why did the episode end on a really long pause on Aunt May's face? Yeah, Yeah. that was weird. Like a really long (laughs) pause. There's a lot of weird 
You know, you know what? I think I remember watching that going, they just saved $6,000, right? Like, you know, you hold on that one shot and now you don't have to animate any more shot, any more cells, right? So, yeah, and, she's, and I'm watching right now, she blinks like five times. Yeah, like it's not like just like, oh, I guess the episode's over and they they, they cut, but yeah, the video. Yeah, freeze frame. <laughs> right, right. Or I'm like, oh, maybe it's like a weird Disney Plus thing where it just like they had to make it a certain amount of time. Mm. So they just like froze on that panel. No, she's blinking. She's animated. Totally, totally. So I guess my main review for this one is, like, it's a pretty accurate retelling of the original origin, but it's also, like, of the time, too. It's like, oh, sure. I don't know, it just, it's just really cheesy to me, but also at the same time a little bit endearing. I don't know how to describe it. Also, also Aunt May getting just, just wrecked by one piece of concrete and then she's in the hospital because she broke her shoulder, like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's always been frail, right? She's always yeah, on the verge I, of death. But like at that at that level, she's just. And then I, I think I ended it with um, he says Spidey's back for good. He didn't go anywhere. Where did he go? He told them the story about his life, and then is Spider Man again? So yeah, yeah. Okay. maybe maybe it doesn't it doesn't hold up as well as maybe you would have hoped <laughs> from just okay. a narrative point of view. Fair point. Fair point. Sorry. Judge- G.I. Julie, what about you? So crazy. All my notes are the same. Get out of my head. I had the, like, well, pretty much the same point of, like, okay, so Spider-Man, all it took for him was, you know, telling his story to his amazing friends, and then, okay, I guess he's not going to quit. Well, didn't see that one coming. Like, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. (laughs) It but what was about definitely what a, not something I'd watch again. So what about the animation? Were you a fan of the animation style? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I love two D animation. I love Me too. Yeah, I'm not saying you don't. Um, <laughs> don't ever I, I accuse get, me. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, it's not like the most glorious two D animation I've ever seen. But again. Mm-hmm. They're trying to save money, clearly, with that mm-hmm. ending shot of Aunt May. Um, I'm also just... I've just been confused this whole time. No, I haven't been confused. I'm just kind of mad at, about it, I think. Is that, like... Whose aunt is, like, 80 years old? Um, All the time. Peter's. Well, maybe yeah. she's maybe she's his mother's older sister. I don't know. <laughs> her, her, his really mother's older. oldest sister? Yeah, maybe. Like, it's crazy. How old she is. Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be, if he's around 15, then she looks like she's like 80, which doesn't quite add up, right? No, and it's it really is kind of ageist. Um, it, 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 you can tell that every depiction of Aunt, um, Aunt May up until now, uh, up until Spider-Man Homecoming, like the uh, Tom Holland Spider-Mans, right. um, you can tell that it has affected the fan base based on how they reacted to Marissa Tomei being cast as Aunt May. Like, what is, is so unbelievable? Like, I'm an aunt. I'm 37. Like, it's so unbelievable that his aunt is a dime piece? Like, anyway. No, but based on the comic book, she's always been portrayed as frail and white-haired, so it has nothing to do with ants in general, right? It just has to do with how no, she's in the comics. But I just, it, I find it weird that, like, you know... I Only it, oh sorry it's she's just so matronly that it's it's bothersome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say only the internet could get 
upset about Marissa Tomei and high-waisted jeans. Like, excuse me. <laughs> Only the internet and me. Okay, so... I like it, I just not remember. on Aunt May, right? I always thought it was weird that Aunt May was so old, too. Yeah, well, I kind of like, I kind of don't mind it. Like, I think that Peter can still have the same. Not that this is this, what our episode is about. Let's just talk about I don't I, I feel like he can still have the same problems with Aunt May with her being young or old. Like, I don't mm. think that her being old is like a character trait of hers. Right? I would argue, but if you go back and read the stories, she's literally having a heart attack every three weeks. So I think <laughs> I, she, I, just, so. I think her frailty is really part of that in your Spider-Man movies. I guess you can make that I as an do. argument. But. I do. Yeah. Okay. No, let's, let's. I, oh, sorry, can I just quickly ask a question though? Um, yeah. Have they ever explained exactly how, like she's Aunt May, but it, how is she related to Peter? Like, is she sub- legitimately what side of the family is she from? You know, is she some I believe father. she's. I believe she's her his mother's sister. Did yeah. you know I thought Uncle. So. I thought Uncle Ben was his father's brother. Oh, oh interesting. So, you know uh, what? Go sorry, ahead. I was just. I was just kind of wondering, like something was mentioned before, like. How old is she to be a teenager's older aunt? And that's what I was kind of figuring out. Like, what is her relationship? I obviously aunt, but how does that yeah. play out? Yeah. And also on that note, if we do want to reel it back and bring it back to this episode, the fact that concrete fell on her, like a uh-huh. building fell on this woman, she should be dead. <laughs> yeah. If she is as old as they're telling us she is, she should be dead. Mm hmm. That's all. Well, that would have okay. been a short episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, in any case, Josh, what's your take on this episode? I've been trying to get you into this show for a year and a half now. Did this? Oh, so, how's that so going? He, here's the thing: I don't have the nostalgia behind this because this. I, I grew up watching the '90s one. This one is definitely of its time. It's really charming and fun. Um, I enjoyed watching it, but it's not something that I'm gonna go and seek out. And again, I think it's because of that nostalgia thing. Um, I, I think that the animation, again, is really fun. It's actually pretty good for 80s cartoons around this time. Like, comparing this to Transformers, Transformers are like, well, I mean, they are robots, but the animation itself is extremely robotic and the characters don't move. In this one, they in, in this one, it seems like they move quite a bit more, but um, the animation is really jarring at times and you can really notice that it's uh, a little stiff when they cut to the reuse stuff because the reuse stuff um, like uh, is the stuff that they use in every episode so they're able to use those same cells for every episode so there's like shots where spider-man is like jumping off of a building and swinging and it's fluid animation it almost Mm -hmm. looks like it's animated on ones or twos and then the next shot is spider-man in like one pose and his mouth is just moving up and down and he's completely still right so uh so again though it's fun i don't hate it for that i don't dislike that either but it's definitely um it definitely adds to the charm of it and the story kind of reflects it too like it's it's not as much of an intense story as the one from the 90s uh origin um, and I mean, what else can you really say about Spider-Man's origin? We've we've talked about it plenty of times on the podcast. Right. This this story has been told so many times. I feel like I really don't have anything to say about it. Um, I, I don't. 
I don't even think that they really came up with a clever reason for for them to have to retell the story. Yeah, yeah, like it's a, okay. I feel like the '90s one. Um, there's maybe a better reason uh, for for them to retell the story, but even then, it's not super exciting or fun. It's 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 just because we've all heard this so many times. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know, it, it, it was fun though. I, I I definitely didn't dislike it, and I think that again, going into it knowing that it's like the '80s uh, '80s TV show, it's it's fun. You know, here's the thing. One thing, the Sam Raimi movie, I loved. Like, the first one, I loved it. But one thing is when Spider-Man has the opportunity to stop the robber, let's be clear, he does not not hesitate because he's arrogant. He hesitates to get back at the wrestling promoter because the wrestling promoter screwed him out of money. So Mm -hmm. it's almost like the movie kind of was a little bit softer. And, And this cartoon episode, for a kid's cartoon, actually copies... The motivation of the comic book which is no he's just being a dick he just doesn't care you know and so i actually think that this is a in that regard is a little bit stronger and definitely closer to the comic book so i want to give it extra mm. points for that i actually think the opposite i think that the whole thing of even even though um he, he has the res- he has the power to do something he should do it right uh-huh. That, that's the whole thing so even though that that guy screwed him over that doesn't mean that he shouldn't be helping or saving him and I think that comes back into play later on with Green Goblin because he doesn't he has the power to stop him instead of just killing him and he he's trying to do that because he he knows that um, it's like this father figure that's been with him for a really long time with uh, Norman so you think the movie origins an improvement yeah I think so I, I think that having him kind of take vengeance and purposely not using his power to be vindictive and like get payback is stronger than just like Mm. "Eh, I don't care okay could be yep but not that not that either of them are bad but right right Hmm. now here's the thing one quick note uh different episodes were done by different studios so I've obviously rewatched the entire show because that's what I do uh this this year in 2020 and some episodes are definitely better than others. Some are pretty bad. Some look more manga-esque. Or wait, yeah, anime-esque. Uh, mm-hmm. And some look more American. Um, this episode's kind of in the middle. I definitely... This was maybe, yeah, like a, uh, like a middle ground episode. There's some that are better, some that are worse. But overall, I definitely like the animation in this one. And I gotta say, Paul, if you're gonna get your daughter into this cartoon, don't forget, there's also a solo Spider- Spider-Man cartoon. It came out at the exact same time with the exact same animation. But for some reason, it's all different voices. Interesting. And it's also available on Disney Plus. It's just called Spider Man. Well, sorry, is it the eighty one version? Uh, yes. Okay. I, or or eighty two. Yeah, but but they they both premiered, I believe, the same day. But oh. I believe Spider Man and Amazing Friends lasted three seasons, and Spider Man only lasted one. So. Okay. Well, it, it, I'll try to get my my son into it. Um, like I said, he loves Spider Man, but. He just doesn't have the attention span yet. There you go. Oh, sorry, your son? Yes, yeah, his son. Oops. Okay, there you go. No worries. My mistake. Okay, so uh, does anyone else have anything else to say about Spider-Man as Amazing Friends? Uh, along came a Spidey, or along came Spidey. No, I think I think it's pretty charming. Again, I had I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's something I'm going to go back and want to continue watching, but I had fun watching it. Um, 
and I really love some of like the goofier parts of it, like um, the the guy that almost runs him over in the car when he first gets his powers. <laughs> right, right. The way he's and like honking the horn is yeah. so funny, and they and stay then, with him. Yeah. And, and then we, and then like a few shots later, we cut to him falling off of a building, and he catches himself on the wall. It's the same exact guy, but just with a mustache. <laughs> it's the same guy. It's so fun. Like that. I think that's really a lot of the things that I love about this. Is like, it's got that like corny kind of eighties uh, Saturday morning cartoons feel to it. Right. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's it's also like what is that like naivete, right? Like they didn't really know what they were doing. You know, they're kind of just making that. I don't say making it up as they went along, but little right. things like that fell through the cracks. I'm, I'm sure and the budget awesome. also wasn't as big. Right. Um, right. They the the te- they didn't have uh, the technology at the time either. Like I'm sure that this was still um, on animation discs. You know, drawing mm-hmm. frame by frame. So sure, sure, uh, absolutely. And and with smaller budgets too, you've got to do what you've got to do. So they probably didn't have a huge budget for background characters that you only see in one shot. So right. they had to they had to get creative and slap mustaches on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, um, white guys all look the same anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> so and it's funny because I've got the episode playing in the background and I just saw the same shot used twice in in like <laughs> two like a minute apart. But anyway. So well, I want to add. Mean, sorry. Go ahead, Becca. Yeah. Oh, I just want to say another like really corny part that I did enjoy though was when they're all in the back alley and they have to like put on their superhero personas and you have like yes. Iceman and Firestar and they like do their Sailor Moon transformation and then Peter's just pulling on pants in the background. Yeah. That's my favorite yeah. part of the episode. Yeah. I I also love that Iceman's got to encase himself in a giant <laughs> ice cube. Oh, I love every that. Every time to transform and then break out. It's just like it's it looks really cool. It, I'm just sure it's super annoying having to do that every single time. Like, what if he has to do that in his apartment? Does he have to clean right, up all the water right, afterwards, right, like every time? Right. Oh. I was waiting for that. He got towels. Just <laughs> laying Three X Men movies. I waited for that, and they never did it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so I obviously I'm watching more. Paul's watching more. Josh, well, you're not watching more. Becca, are you gonna watch more episodes of the show? Nah, I got I got 90s Spider Man, man. Ooh, that hurts. Yeah. G.I. Julie, are you going to watch more episodes of this? I'm going to continue to sleep on that one. That means so no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, See, Mike. I've, I've already rewatched the whole show and I could I could start again tomorrow. I just love this show. And I love the theme song. i got to point that out. I love the theme yeah. song. Let's, we'll talk about theme songs. Yeah, because this theme song is the basis for the comic book syndicate theme song. But we'll talk about that later. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Now we're going to talk about um, the 90s version of Spider-Man's origin. And Josh, you can take it from here. Right. So the episode that we're going to be talking about is called Make-A-Wish. And um, it takes place during the Sins of the Fathers uh, season. 
it's it's really strange how they broke up the seasons um, right like it's kind of like part episodes yeah then. and they're like arcs too so on disney plus i think it's just all one giant season mm-hmm. um and then there's like subtitles for each episode so this one's called the sins of our fathers chapter two make a wish right right so it's it's the third sorry it's the second episode of season three but they call call it sins of our fathers instead of season three um anyways i so like mike with uh spider-man and his amazing friends i grew up watching this one so i have a lot of nostalgia and really love this version of the story um and with this episode, we start off at the Hardy Foundation with uh, Anastasia Hardy as she introduces a crowd of people to a scientist named Michael Pingree and his new invention called the Argon Matrix Laser. Uh, it's this special laser laser that can be adjusted so it can melt um, like artificial uh, uh, material or substances, but it won't affect organic material. It'll leave it completely unharmed. Um, so they do this by testing, uh, uh, they test the laser on like a pumpkin and it doesn't, it goes right through the pumpkin and doesn't affect it at all, but it destroys like a piece of metal behind it. Um, and during this, uh, presentation, Doc Ock bursts into the room and he's really mad because, uh, I guess he helped out on this invention and he's angry at the scientist for taking credit so uh everybody kind of clears the room and j jonah jameson tells peter to stay behind to take pictures which what an awful boss (laughs) uh yeah so so peter peter dips out and changes into spider-man and returns and he has kind of a a fight with doc ock and um uh he he like destroys they they destroy a bunch of thing and things in their fight and the building actually explodes because of it. Uh, everybody gets out, out fine. Doc Ock runs away, and uh, Peter Parker is like really upset about what happened and blames himself, and really kind of wants to give up being Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> later on, we see Peter go to the Daily Bugle, and J. Jonah Jameson and Robbie Robertson are there, and they're kind of arguing about Spider-Man being a menace, and that just kind of pushes Peter further into. Uh, wanting to quit being a hero and right before he leaves Robbie stops him and gives him this letter from these parents telling him uh, he, he and he asks him to give it to Spider-Man because Robbie thinks he knows Spider-Man which he does uh, and uh, the letter is just pretty much saying that their daughter is sick and not doing well and uh, she really loves Spider-Man and she would like to meet him before she dies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he kind of disregards it and he crumples it, crumples it because he's down on himself as Spider-Man and doesn't believe he should be a hero. And uh, after walking home through an alley, uh, Madam Web stops him and kind of transports him to her like weird spider dimension and uh tells him that she's going to be training him for this secret mission that's going to be happening in the future and leaves him with this like cryptic message about how he must have the faith of a child and because of that he's like okay maybe i should go meet maria so he goes there and um they start talking and he pretty much tells her his origin story and that's where we see 
the origin of Spider-Man and how he got his, gets his powers from the the spider bite. And again, the same things happen, uh, like Mike was saying before, with the first episode. Um, so uh, he pretty much says, and anyways, I'm I'm quitting being Spider-Man. See you later, kid. And she uh, convinces she convinces him to bring her out for like one last swing throughout New York before he quits being Spider-Man. And uh, then we catch up with Doc Ock and the Kingpin. So Doc Ock is working for Kingpin trying to stop and kill Spider-Man. And um, he sends out his um, spider seekers to find Spider-Man. And he uses his new like robo octo dog. And that's like being mind controlled by this like crown that he has on. Uh, and he ends up defeating Spider-Man and Maria runs away and is like hiding behind a building and he uh, brings Spider-Man back to his lair and that's where this episode stops. Which is kind of, yeah, mid-story, right? Like it doesn't really right. wrap up, right? Just a little mm-hmm. frustrating, but um, we'll get to that later. But um, G.I. Julie, what was your take on this episode, especially in regards to the origin? Um. Okay, well... <laughs> I have many thoughts about this episode. Um, but, I mean, the main overarching thought was this one played out better. Mm. In my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, okay. One. How dare he crumple up that letter? <laughs> what? Yeah. An arrogant jackass. But, hey, has he really presented himself as anything else to us? No. Well, to me, anyway. He just solidified his jackassiness to me when he did that. I just couldn't Mm -hmm. believe it. It's like, buddy, you're a kid, too. This kid is dying. Mm -hmm. How dare you? Um, Also, two, Jesus, Madam Web. Like, did you ever come in at the right time? And two, who is she? I Like, she's fabulous. I don't know anything about Mm -hmm. her. But I like her. And like, how does she how does she get into Peter's head? Why is her face appearing in alley walls? Like, I don't know what her connection is to Spider-Man. I've never. Well, that's not. This is how only. Like well, a you played truth. Quest Pro. Yeah. I was going to you bring should up know that who game. Madam Web is. <laughs> she well, looks exactly the same. <laughs> you can't. It's, it's the exact same in the in that game as it is this this you can't scream at her you can't run from her you can't yell at her you definitely can't kiss her she just has no answers for you at all but anyway she gets into his head though which is lovely and then it cuts to this little girl in her room which is so sweet one confusion she's like oh yeah my name is maria but you can call me where i wrote it down taliana Something like that. (laughs) Tanya? Yeah. uh, Why? (laughs) Never explained. I think it's her middle name. Like it's Maria Tanya Elizondo. Oh, it's just one of those really long. Okay. Yeah. Maybe maybe she has like Colombian heritage and has like six names. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. That (laughs) explains it. But one, it cuts to Spider-Man talking to her from within her room. And I'm like, how did he get in there? That's not nope. creepy at all. Um, and then, oh my god, why did he? Why did he just take a child like that? <laughs> After the story, because I'll be honest, the story is the same dribble that we always hear about. I don't want to 
hear about Uncle Ben dying again. Yeah. I don't want the origin story. The origin story has surpassed pop culture in its legacy. Yeah. Every freaking buddy in the world can tell you how Spider-Man got his powers and what happened to Uncle Ben. Yeah, but back then, it would only been told twice. But today, me well, watching yeah. this also, show. But, but <laughs> also at the same time, um, how many times has, has it been told in the comics? Not to mention, this is not the first time we see the origin in the show. Yeah. In this exactly. show? In, in this the cartoon, 90s show. Yeah. It's not? Mm-hmm. No, no, it's episode no. like two or three. <laughs> they, yeah, okay. they, they do talk it, about it a bunch. Um, well, if, if that's the case, fine. But otherwise, a kid watching this did not know his uh, origin. Cause agreed. Assume, and I, yeah. I will say, I watched the next episode. Me too. Uh, mm-hmm. And there is a reason... There's kind of a reason why he retells the story mm-hmm. um, okay. from a writing standpoint because he Doc Ock uh, hypnotizes him mm-hmm. and he loses his memory and he's pretty much convincing Spider-Man to go around and do crime with him. <laughs> do crime. <laughs> That's what they like, say. Drugs. He pretty much says the exact same thing, like exactly that. Doc Ock's like, "Come on, we've got to do some more crime." And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man's like, oh, Peter's like, okay, I guess that's just what I do. So, like, no questions. Yeah, so it's up to, like, the girl to stop what's going on and bring Peter back and give him, like, give him back his memories. And that's what helps mm-hmm. him snap out of it. Is it great? No. <laughs> it's not It's not fantastically executed, but at least there's a reason for their for them Mm -hmm. to like retell that story where Mm -hmm. I feel like in um, um, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, it was just kind of like a crummy excuse to retell the origin story. It's like, Oh Aunt May's in the hospital. Hey, let me tell you everything that happened before this with, with uncle Ben. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, I have no nostalgia for any, either of the two shows. Mm-hmm. One is close. Like, I, I think I'm right in between the generations that the, these were for. So, I mean, from, from that from that standpoint, if I had to really just compare the two, I prefer the 90s version of the retelling, just mm-hmm. because of the story that it's wrapped around. I'm interested, though, in like, because Paul said he liked the other one, so I will. I would rather hear, hear what Paul has to say. Because mm-hmm. there was just some like weird s that happened in this one that I was just like, "How do you just take a girl into the middle of the night because she asked you to?" Anyway, yeah. well, wait a minute before we jump to Paul. The, you know that's in, this is an adaptation of the the, the, the kid who collects Spider Man, right? Yeah. So, in the next episode, Becca and and Josh, I'm assuming we're going to find out. They're going to reveal that that girls die of cancer right yes you would think but i don't think they really talk about it at the end well at the end of the episode he drops her back off and then he jumps out the window and lands on the sign that's outside of the hospital and it says children's hospital for the terminally ill oh there you go okay yeah okay is that why this story is so familiar because we read that Mm -hmm. yeah we read that oh and i liked that yeah (laughs) okay no no that's fine Okay. I just think it's weird that he took her. Yeah, he just steals a child. Well, yeah, he just steals, but he, he stole he kid- her. He kidnapped her in the comics, too, so it's okay. Yeah, I was weirded <laughs> out by that as well. Anyway. Okay, so, Paul, tell us. You enjoyed the 80s one better. I agree. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, now tell us why. 
I, uh, okay. I just found this one way too weird, <laughs> like way too offbeat. Okay, first thing, going back to, I didn't like the animation style for one, but that's that has nothing to do with the weirdness. I just thought, okay. I just think this version kind of pales in comparison to coming right around the same time as X Men. Really? And, yeah. I think the I, animation in this is much better, but I don't. Yeah, you, I think the animation okay. in this one is much better than X Men Two. I I. I I just maybe I hold X Men in such high high esteem. That's fair. It, it is a very fun show. I do like that show better, but this, I, I don't know. I just found it really off putting, and especially like I said, the transition scenes where they're trying to CGI and he's th- swinging through the city and just looks mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. But going back to the weirdness, um, I'll touch. Well, this is going to sound bad. I'll touch upon him kidnapping the girl later, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which is not what I mean. Um, the Madam Web thing. Honestly, when I when I first saw this, now I might have seen this, but when it first aired, I don't remember. But seeing it now, the first thing I thought of was back in this in the was it the sixties Spider Man where the the famous theme song comes from. Right. Mm-hmm. They had an episode or a series of episodes, Revolt in the Fifth Dimension, where Spider Man goes to this whacked out world, and it's, it's almost like a, it's like an acid trip. Okay. Does anybody remember what I'm talking about? No, like, I, I, I haven't seen that show in years. Okay, so if you get a chance, just Google Revolt in the Fifth Dimension, Spider-Man, and it, it's it's like somebody dropped acid and made a, made an episode of Spider-Man around it. Spider-Man goes okay. to this alternate dimension. There's these weird six-foot-tall ant things that are all around. <laughs> okay, I'm, okay. The, the Madam Web thing reminded me of that. Right, and I'm just okay. like, like, what am I, like, am I stoned? What is going on here? Right. <laughs> um, okay, so I could ignore that. I just thought it was a little weird, but whatever. Before that, Spider-Man, uh, like Jolie said, Spider-Man is just a dick. He throws away this girl's letter. Like, this girl, like, hi, I love you, Spider-Man. You're my hero. I don't have time for this. And just chuck, chucks the letter away. Right. So, like, okay, I understand you're you're wrestling with who you are right now, but you don't have to be a dick to a kid who's, you know, written you this heartfelt letter. Right, right. And then the whole kidnapping of the girl thing was just so weird. They have <laughs> they have this moment of it's almost like Superman the movie where they're swinging through New York. You know, uh, uh, Superman's taking uh, Lois Lane through through New York. Except okay. now this is not an adult. This is a terminally old child that he disappears in her bedroom. It was just it was so so strange. I mm-hmm. I just I couldn't. I couldn't find anything in it to to like except for the strangeness, which if you want to call it a likable point, I guess that'd be okay. But I just think the story is handled better in the first one, in the 80s version. Well, uh, Becca, have you really said your piece yet? No, I have lots to say. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Unlike normal when I'm very quiet and don't have anything to say. <laughs> okay. It's that, that was, why are you laughing? It's not, I'm, anyway. <laughs> So I, like Josh, I watched the show as a kid, religiously. Mm. I have not watched it since I was a kid and kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and then I turned on the episode and the theme song came on and I almost started crying. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I remember everything about this show. <laughs> this theme song, it slaps the animation. I remember loving it so much, I rem- especially as a kid. I loved the like transition to like the computer animation because I was a big fan of like shows like Reboot and stuff like that mm-hmm. too when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So that was, like, super nostalgic for me, too. And this show has one of my favorite quotes of all time in it. 
It's when he's fighting Tombstone, and Tombstone's like, why don't you come down here and fight like a man? And he's like, well, why don't you come up here and fight like a spider? And I'm like, I can't okay, wait till I get to this episode. Yeah, that's solid. That's that's the thing in, in this series, and, and maybe not so much in this episode that we watched, because then I watched the episode after, and then I was like, eh, I'll just go back to the first one, and I've been mm-hmm. watching it in sequentialness since then, so I'm like mm-hmm. halfway through now, almost done. Um, that the writing in this, Peter is so funny. He's so funny in the show, and it, that's something that I, I like. It was cheesier in the '80s, and you have to like kind of think, oh, what, what, what it was written in the '80s, and maybe it was funnier at the time. But this one's—he's ge- generally a funny Spider-Man. Right, you're right, and that's not every version gets that right. Like this yeah, one is so, genuinely funny. You're right. And I mean, he does just show up in a little girl's bedroom, which is also right. just pretty funny. <laughs> I do have some notes as well, because I was like, I'm going to forget exactly what happens in this episode. And my notes just consist of, wow, Peter's a dick. Oh my god, I forgot Madam Web was in this show. I love Madam Web. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get to the scene where he's in that little girl's room, I have a, a note that's like, remember when you wanted this bedroom more than anything else? Yeah. So, like, I do remember begging my parents to get that lamp that's in her room, because I wanted that bedroom. <laughs> As a child, really? so I I swear to you, I remember when I, was, when I was watching, I was like, I remember everything about this. Mm-hmm. It was so bizarre. I must have like every kid has like those four or five shows that they watch, like and and like your parents just put it on whatever because it doesn't matter, and you'll just sit and watch it over and yeah. over and over again. Right, and this right. is one of mine. This and Gem, two very different shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, I love Gem. Yep, I'm the same way with this show. Like whenever it was on, I was watching it, and then I also had. Um, DVDs of like sets of episodes. Yeah. So they would actually like release them in arcs. So there was one called Spider-Man versus Daredevil and it was all of the episodes where Daredevil guest starred and like Peter was on trial I think at the time and there was like a big story with Kingpin and then there was another one with the Green Goblin so it was all the Green Goblin episodes kind of compiled into one and this was in one of the sets and I remember watching this episode in particular pretty often so this one i i knew uh quite well yeah so it's it's interesting because like in this show too they make references to the wider marvel universe all the time Mm -hmm. and nothing is like spoon fed to you like even though the first couple episodes they like do like a very very brief recap of his origin everything else is kind of like he's already spider-man he's already peter parker his life is established and you're just kind of watching it and you have to like just go into it and mm-hmm. in the early episodes, a lot of it is well, pretty much the origins of his villains, more so him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know, I just, they don't tell you anything. He's just like, that first episode, the episode that we're talking about, it's like, oh, Madam Web's there, yep, crazy spider dimension, and we're out of it, cool. Anyway, moving on. And you're like, what? What's going on? Oh my god, what's going on? And you don't find out for like 20 episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, it's right, like, right. It, it, it's all leading up to the series finale of the show, so... Madam Web is kind of like the Nick Fury of this TV show mm. where she keeps popping up and giving Spider-Man these different missions, um, pretty much uh, preparing him for Secret Wars. Yeah. This so show's Madam version and, of Secret Wars. <laughs> right. So Madam Web and like the Beyonder, I believe it is, team up and they, instead of bringing in a bunch of like heroes to fight each other, what they do is they bring in a bunch of heroes to fight this like war that's going on and on a different planet and i think it's like 
a version of car like a carnage type of army and he has to team up with like human torch and the fantastic four and x-men and iron man and cap and like everybody kind of comes together to team up um and then i think even like a bunch of different versions of spider-man like uh, uh, alternate dimension spider-man show up and they all fight together yeah, that's like Spider-Man. Like I think this was my introduction to to twenty nine nine, right? I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he's at the end of this. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just like this show. Watching it again mm-hmm. as an adult who's now read a lot more Spider-Man comics than I did when I was a kid, it's pretty accurate in twenty minute episodes meant for children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just and then if we want to go back to like the origin part of the episode. Did anyone else notice that it's the almost frame-for-frame frame exact version of the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends one? Yeah, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's like the same coloring, too. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's been a while since I've read, like, the origin in the comics. Sorry. Pretty damn let close. Me re- let me, let me, <laughs> we've definitely read it a lot in the comics. What I mean is, like, the original <laughs> origin. Right, right, so right. So, yeah, I wonder if they actually took those panels from the comics and just pretty much animated them because yeah these two versions look extremely similar yeah i i I agree they're both very close it was nice to Mm -hmm. see like even the second even the mark webb amazing spider-man movies didn't get the origin this accurately you know right anyway this show Um, must have taken a lot from just directly from the comics because like if you if you think about it like future spider-man cartoons will have their own like costume designs for certain characters that get, get involved. Like, um, when you go into to later, like, Superior Spider-Man it's, or Spectacular Spider-Man, like, Green Goblin looks a little bit different. Like, his design is an original design for the show. Whereas right. in this one, everyone's kind of comic book accurate. Except Dr. Octopus. They gave him that armor, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, but uh... cut though. Right, you right, know, right, right, right. They even, oh, they even talk about the guy who uh, who created Scorpion. I can't remember his name. The scientist uh, that is yeah. hired by J. Jonah Jameson is the one that is um, there doing the experiment on the spider. So really? even that okay. is like tied in with him like testing on insects. Um, he later comes back and does the origin for Scorpion as well. So, like, they, they huh. are really, like, everything is really thought out, I think, in this one. It feels more connected, and they have, like, a story that they're um, telling. Like, it it almost feels like the comics 2.0, where where they took all, uh, everything that was really great about the comics, yeah. and when it didn't work continuity-wise, they kind of rewrote that and made it right. work for the show. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, but I think the one, if you compare these two episodes, at least the 80s one was a done-in-one episode, whereas the 90s one, it's like, oh, let's throw in all these other subplots, plus Madam Web, plus we're going to have the origin, plus we're going to do a bunch of other stuff. And the the biggest... I do like the 90s Spider-Man. I, I love the animation and the writing. But the one criticism I've always had is it feels very rushed. Did anyone else get that feeling? That they were trying to cram way too much and the editing was actually, like, too fast-paced? Hmm. Paul? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I don't really know if I found that kind of a drawback. Okay. But I can kind of see where you're coming from with that. 
Um, yeah. I th- sorry. Uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, like, I think one, you kind of touched a little bit on something else I disliked about this particular episode, is that it, it, it's not a one-and-done kind of origin story. Like, it does right. kind of continue into the next episode, which you're talking about, like, you see Spider-Man on the, the, the signage for a children's hospital and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily understand why that story had to continue further. Yes. I don't fully understand that, but... Well, and I just got to say quickly, they could have kept all these other subplots going, but that subplot with the girl, they should have resolved that in this episode, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it made no but sense anyway. to carry it over. No. The next episode, she is the focal point of the entire yeah. episode, too. Okay, like, okay. It, she steals She's a the cab. Main character. Yeah. <laughs> And like her and this cab, cab her mm-hmm. this cab drivers go and save Spider-Man. The thing is, though, in the comic, Wait. first the, in the comic, the kid who collects Spider-Man is a half comic book long. It's not even a full issue, remember? So I just think yeah. that I, I don't know if that makes it any better to spread it out over two episodes. They but. they don't go over his origin anymore in the second episode. It's definitely okay. just with this one. Um, uh-huh. And I will say this entire show, not just the episode is more of like an overarching story so there's a lot of times where just like with the venom story that was told Mm -hmm. over three episodes like we reviewed before and that's kind of a pattern throughout this show is like it's a few episodes to tell an arc just like in the comics where it's a few issues to tell a story where um the 80s spider-man is very episodic the the, the story that starts at the beginning is resolved by the end of the episode in 22 minutes. So mm. in this show, when they do have a larger story that they're t- trying to tell, they do spread it out over um, multiple episodes if they need that, if they feel like they need that time. Um, okay. I'm not okay. saying, I'm, and, and, and that's definitely also personal preference too. So mm. I don't think that it's necessarily always going to be good because it's longer, mm. longer. D- l- we know with reading Peter Parker on the spectacular Spider-Man so much, we know that longer doesn't always mean better. Good right. Point, Stretching good point. out stories. So, right. um, yeah, this is definitely a pattern with, uh, this show in particular to, to have a story reach through multiple episodes. So there's definitely advantages to each one. Um, mm-hmm. Paul, I, I gotta say quickly, I did some research while we were talking here. That mm-hmm. episode you mentioned for the sixties, uh, revolt in the fifth dimension. Yeah. Apparently, what they did was they had footage from another cartoon called Rocket Robin Hood. They just took that animation and redrew Rocket Robin Hood as Spider-Man as and Spider-Man. just kept everything exactly the same. I, and I that, that's probably why it's so crazy. I don't know if, you, if you've ever seen it, but I mean, I everybody talks about remembering the theme song for that show. Right. I remember that episode more than anything because that episode scared the <laughs> hell out of me when I was really. A it is like I, I can't even remember how it happens, but he ends up in this alternate dimension, and I'm not making this up. There's like six the foot Gorf. tall ant. It, it, it's it it, it it it's honestly like somebody's done like a like a, a pile of coke. It is right. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Wild. So if well, you get a chance, you just want to be tripped out. Watch it because it is it is messed up. It also says here, ABC never aired Revolt in the Fifth Dimension with the rest of the third season, possibly because of the, quote, incidents of death, spatial creepiness, and great psychedelia. <laughs> uh, 
Well, awesome. I was, I, as you were talking, I was looking it up. Um, it was, um, I, I'll never pronounce his name correctly, but it was Ralph Bacci, Bakke. <gasps> right, oh, right. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, and so that makes a hell of a lot of sense, right? Like Fritz the Cat and then, you know, this. But right. I, I don't know who was the executive who decided to slap Spider-Man into this. <laughs> right. <laughs> because if you think Madam Web is weird in, in the, the 90s one, Man, this episode is just, it's, it's insane. Yes, Ralph Bakshi, I believe it's pronounced. He did Ralph Lord of the Bakshi, Rings, yeah. which is awesome. He did American yep. Pop. He did uh, Mighty Mouse, The New Adventures. Yep. Yeah, he's awesome. Josh, you're a fan? Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Lord of the Rings is, is really fun. He's a really great animator. Now, isn't Fritz the Cat the one where there's, like, on-screen, you know, sexual relations between two cartoon cats? Yes, the first X-rated cartoon. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's the birth of the furry movement. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's oh, but that's a different podcast. That's a different podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, so, yeah, no, it's, it's the first X-rated cartoon. I will, you know, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have to create a whole new podcast dedicated to just that stuff. But anyway. Just so, yeah. specifically X-rated cartoons. Yes, specifically. Um... So yeah, overall, uh, these are both remarkably accurate adaptations of Spider-Man's origin. Probably, in my opinion, still the best origin of any superhero, but that's just me. I love both of these shows. I, as I said, I've rewatched every episode of the 80s ones, and I'm in the process of re-watching the 90s ones. And we are also in the process of reviewing them. We kind of jumped out of order for this one, but just so you guys know, we will be reviewing the Hobgoblin episodes soon. So that'll be coming up. I don't know, in a few weeks or so. I just watched that. <laughs> oh, well, maybe you can join us then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and Paul, uh, and we'd love to have you on again to do some comics. We yeah. actually, we're going to have you on sooner, but we hit kind of a rough patch of comics for a while there. So I didn't want to waste your time reviewing bad episodes or bad issues of Marvel Team Up. So we had you on a cartoon episode instead. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> but my time is okay to waste? Yeah, your time is fine. We don't mind Thanks. wasting that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, once again, we'd like to thank uh, G.I. Jolie and, and Bex Luther for joining us, as always. Don't meet, never meet your heroes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we definitely want to thank Paul Butterworth well, like for finally me. joining oh, us. I love thank Jolie. you, Paul. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Thank you again. I think Paul's already gone. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm done uh, talking about this. Yeah. Gonna go watch the Revolt in the Fifth Dimension episode. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. No, no chance. I want to sleep tonight. Josh, you can take it from here. Yeah, we also want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Uh, it really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast, or you could drop us a line on Twitter at, at @hctspidercast. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the episodes or the issues that we're uh, reading and talking about. We definitely want to keep that comic conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, spider friends, go for it. <laughs> I don't know if that's catching on. That, no, that was a, that's our new call sign, and we well, have to do it. Okay. <laughs> and this will be my last episode. It was great talking to you guys. Um, Forever. I'm packing oh, up my dance hall painful, board and I'm painful. leaving. All right, whatever. All right, see you then.